Every day is day one, they say. Hmm? Every day is day one. Yep. Every day is an opportunity to start. Yeah. So, we, have, we don't have a title yet. And uh, we don't have a name yet, I mean. Actually, yeah. Because right now, um, well, first of all, I'm nursing a hangover. And my friend just couldn't think of a name. <laughs> yeah. I actually saw your post yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like a pretty fun party. It was fun, but at the same time, what's so cool about it, like just right outside the condo, there was literally a Jedi Academy at a park. What does that mean? Like Star Wars. Jedi Academy? Yeah, like people were actually like training with their lightsabers Ah. for three hours. They were at a park in BGC somewhere, and I just randomly came across them. This was at around like... 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. And I literally saw people doing drills with their lightsabers. They were literally training for this. It was, it looked legit. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I want one. <laughs> do you know, do you happen to know what, what it's for? Like, is it a you know, movie? I, you know, here's the thing. I, when I was like walking at a park in BGC, um, I just randomly came across it. So... Two things I'm assuming. It's probably part of a club. They probably oh. have a Star Wars society. Club. Okay. Or um, maybe there's actually like a workshop for this. I, I'm not really sure. But it's something for like geeks, Star Wars geeks, you know. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just hard for me to comprehend the <laughs> workshop for well, it, that. It's, it's very practical. <laughs> practical for what? Um, in the sense that you literally like have a lightsaber and you literally do drills. <laughs> okay. It's, it's probably something more like an acting workshop. Acting? Well, I'm not really sure if they're acting. Cause Maybe there's, it's just like LARP. Yeah. Like live action role Yeah, because there's literally like a four-year-old kid wielding oh. a red lightsaber. I don't know if he's like... Maybe I'm just not into that stuff. Yeah. That's why I don't understand. But probably they have good, good reasons. Yeah, yeah. But Just like a, a lot of other stuff. Yeah. I mean, I know personally, deep down, I was like geeking out because I'm a Star Wars fan. Uh, and in sense. terms of like fantasy novels, that's my thing, like Lord of the Rings. But here's the thing not a lot of people are into Lord of the Rings here in the Philippines anyway. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know, but I like Lord of the Rings more than Star Wars because, not because that I've actually have a good analytic comparison but because i haven't watched star wars enough right but i've watched lord of the rings like maybe more than 10 times dude same like every my tradition is every christmas holiday uh christmas holiday or even um on the 24th before christmas day i would go in a marathon oh from like the hobbit up to the return of the king you know what i mean (laughs) i see which is an entire day (laughs) <laughs> that's that's nice to do. Yeah, and um, for me, it really started when I was probably first grade. That's because that's, that's when that's it came out, like Fellowship of the Ring, if I'm not mistaken. So since then, everything was history. <laughs> the rest was history, and um, yeah, and I'm still yet to find like a club here that's just focused on that Lord of the Rings. Oh. I would totally go with uh, go to that. Like you're you're that into Lord of the Rings that you're looking for a club. I can literally spend 
an hour or two talking about it, but for the sake of like, you know, for the sake of the sanity of the normal people who sanity don't like. Yeah, <laughs> the normal people and variety. Yeah. I wouldn't. <laughs> I have a friend who, uh, during Christmas time, he watches the cheesiest Christmas movies. Okay, well, okay so, what's cheesy? So, for like example, <laughs> um, um, Home Alone? I think there, oh, was a, there, was, there was a Home Alone that had a Christmas setting. Yeah. Okay, then um, The Grinch. Yeah, yeah, The Grinch. Then, um, I'm not sure. There is an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that had something with a Christmas celebration. Was it Thanksgiving? Or maybe I'm wrong. I but, don't know, but, but it's definitely not The Terminator, right? Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but definitely... Uh, he has to sort of uh, feel the vibe. Like he he loves Christmas not for the gifts or the food. He loves he loves it for the um, quote unquote cheesiness of it. Like it's, cheesiness. Yeah, it's, it's like a wonderful this wonderful time of the year. You know, it's all. I'm joy. not even sure if it's like ironic or not because uh, by the way he explains it to me, it's like um, he loves the over the top. Um, we're all friends. We're all family vibe. Oh, that isn't really the actual reality during the rest of the year. Yeah, you know. Yeah, see, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm real. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. If I'm, I wouldn't like put a facade that you know. Oh, like we're all friends here. Like yeah. no, it, it's like I don't know. It's I don't know if people are doing it because of like the image. It's something that they can post on Instagram. Oh, look at me. I'm with like a bunch of like friends or family and we're all so happy together. But then you realize it's like your friend would be ranting to you the next day about, oh, oh, I don't like this guy. Uh, honestly, I'm not happy about what he did to me um, yeah, a couple sure. of weeks ago. And then, yeah, it's like a bit misleading. I'm just not into that. <laughs> yeah. Like I wouldn't like pretend like I'll be in good terms with that person but I like I'll be like mm, you know I'll stick to you know the people that I'm cool with kind of thing, kind of thing but well I don't actually know if he likes it ironically or not like yeah. I said but y- you can't deny that there is a certain vibe of uh, uh, hypocrisy I don't know how you say it actually quite or, frankly uh, uh, I don't know how to say it but yeah hypocrisy well, I guess yeah hypocrisy and it's a matter of being genuine, sincerity. Yeah, m- maybe it's like what? What's that? Because uh, you're investing on something for a day, really, on something that's not really real, right? It's you're more obliged to do it because oh, it's Christmas, you know. What? What's that shitty film about? Um, every year there's one day where everybody can kill everybody. What's that? It's it's a bad film. So sorry if you like it, guys. Uh, the Purge. What's so, it called? The Purge. So it's a very bad film. In my opinion, it's a very bad film. That The premise is every year you have one day that the world has no rules. Or at least the country has no rules. So, people, so it's like a total like law of the jungle sort of thing. Um, yeah, so point. either people lock themselves up or they go out and try to loot or try to kill every, anyone, whatever. Sky's the limit. So I guess Christmas is like... A uh, reverse purge. A reverse purge. <laughs> but it's lightened up with snow and candies. Yeah. So it's uh, you have one day to not become an asshole. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, be, yeah. I, I guess so. <laughs> to be honest. But like, are you, are you the type of person who, 
like celebrates Christmas or to you, it's more like, oh, you know, like I'm just enjoying the holidays because I get to spend it with like my family because we don't see each other that often because probably more than like more than half the time every year, like either we're working or we're busy. I don't know. Well, when I was younger, I really felt that Christmas was special. Like it was a day where everybody was happy. Of course, I didn't know the like details why. Maybe I I, I didn't even realize that maybe they were just putting on a a show <laughs> yeah. for the sake of it or some sort of uh, uh, moral reassurance that um, they are capable of being good. But when I became, especially this year, um, I didn't feel Christmas at all. I didn't feel it. Same. Um. To me, my reaction was, wow, time flies. Yeah, dude. Like, I can't believe freaking 2017's done. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that's, that was my impression as well, as well last year, despite the jingles that would play in malls, despite the, the lights and the, the display that they put. To me, it, I don't know, maybe it was either I was really busy that time, or maybe that's just like young adulthood taking. I'm know. sure it is. Yeah. I'm sure it is. I'm not, I wouldn't say it's a jaded perspective, but now it's like the magic's, you know. Gone. Gone. But uh, did you believe in Santa Claus for a bit? No, I never did. I never did. Yeah. Well, I did, but it was up until seven years old. Because. Is that late? No. 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 That, that's early. That's um, early. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. I, I literally stayed up all night just to wait for Santa Claus. And then I realized, A, there was no chimney to begin with. Because we don't have chimneys. Yeah, so Santa (laughs) had to freaking enter elsewhere. Second, it it was clear that there was no Santa because I was up all night. I I didn't sleep. I literally didn't shut an eye, you know. And, wow, yeah. So, um, but some people, you know, like, some would argue, oh, you know, the reason why I want to tell my kid that, you know, there's Santa Claus because of the magic, you know. But, cause the, you know, because of the magical side of it. But, I don't know. Like, I think it's a bit unfair. Because then when you spoil or tell them, look, there's no fat guy in a red, red suit, you know, that comes down to give gifts, right? Yeah. It kind of, like destroys uh, yeah their perspective or they feel duped i don't know yeah that's sure that's my you know take on it i actually um i don't know if if it's if it's an unfair sentiment or something but i've never experienced a christmas um with my friends instead of my family and i have a feeling that in my age, like I would, I, I, because I don't want to lie to myself that I would probably enjoy Christmas more if I was with my friends rather than my family. But it's like, um, is that rude <laughs> or something? I don't want to be rude, but I would agree with you in that. I'm, I'm not saying that they're shitty people, like my, my, my folks. Of course, they're, they're pretty cool. And like, yeah, it's like they would love me to have. A whole a hundred and ten percent comfortable when you're with your yeah, friends. Of course. And when you guys gather, it's a completely like, you know. Yeah, like it's um 
in one thing you could you could argue that because um maybe a lot of our um of people of our same age would feel that won't feel christmas like like they don't feel christmas so maybe if people who don't feel christmas group together it would be something special like it would be a club of nihilism or something like that like yeah. this is such a shitty christmas club but at least but they bonded yeah but they bonded and they yeah. have something to talk about like this christmas is so so shitty i don't feel it yeah dude let's drink but hypothetically <laughs> speaking though i think that's the spirit of christmas right at the end of the day it's the togetherness the camaraderie yeah i guess yeah i mean for for me it's reflection dude well ultimately it's G- jesus's birthday for one but like in terms of celebrating it it's like being together with people you actually care about and telling people you don't like to eat coal to oh, actually yeah. forget them <laughs> yeah i guess so it's like uh, also um making known the fruits of your labor yeah uh, hence the big dinner or whatever but like going back to your um thing about not having to celebrate it with your friends was it is it by choice or is it just by like the situation of it like oh we good. never had the time oh we never really set up anything because <laughs> no one could I th- bother I think planning. it's both like um at least in our in my culture like it would be I, I would get the, an immediate scolding if I even suggested to my folks, to my family, that I'm not spending Christmas with you. I'm spending it with my friends. But it could be like... <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, gonna get straight an, up. an instant smacking. No, but it could be like three days before Christmas, right? Or something like that. Like four days before Christmas, you know? Like you could have a Christmas party, right? Oh, well, yeah. uh, Christmas parties work, for yeah. sure. I, I've had a couple. Yeah. That, yeah, that's a good reconciliation. Mm. But but maybe my point is like it's just a let's say you reverse the schedule. If you had a Christmas party with your family on the twenty second, then you had um, Christmas Eve with your friends on the twenty fourth, would it feel different? In my opinion it would feel different. Yeah. Yeah. Um because A, I think yeah, it's the fact that it's Christmas Eve. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's uh because it's something that previously meant so much to me, but now it doesn't. So when, like, I invite a different group, a, it, um, I don't know how to put it, but like a different stimuli <laughs> yeah. for that occasion, it's it might. I just think intuitively that it might feel different. It and it would it probably would make Christmas new, fresh for me. Maybe that, that, that's just what I feel. Like, Christmas is not fresh. Like, you need the bread of fresh air and regarding yeah. that aspect. Maybe that's why, why children love Christmas while adults probably don't. At yeah. least I don't. Yeah. Well, so when it comes to, I don't know, adulthood, do you think in general we become more cynical or pessimistic? Like, as we get older or it's just that we become, uh, we tend to see things like, in, you know, in reality, like, okay, this is what this is what's happening, and this is how we deal with the way things are. Um. Well, speaking for myself, I sure am cynical and uh, pretty nihilistic, but uh, I love dark humor, so I make fun of the shit that happens to me. Make fun of myself. It's pretty. 
Um, once in a while, you have to take yourself a little bit less seriously. Yeah. Once in a while. But for the majority of the people, I, I, of course, I can't speak for them, but I'm sure there are a lot of people who are, who are pretty cynical with their current state of lives. However, I am more concerned with how a lot of people deal with this. Like, um, like this, what, what do you mean? Like, in terms of dealing, how do they, you think, you think, address whatever issue they're facing? Like, for example, I don't know how to deal with, I don't know how to explain this outside, like, a philosophical framework. But um, imagine a person um, who suddenly realizes that day in, day out, they're doing the exact same routine. Like, they wake up, they eat. They brush their teeth, they shower, they go to work, they wait for the bell to ring, they go home, they're tired, traffic is a bitch. Yeah. And every day is the same single thing except for weekends. But you're so tired from your weekday that you don't want to do absolutely anything. You're like on a the bear hibernating yeah. during the weekend. You, you can't blame people for yeah. doing that because it's really exhausting. Yeah. But what if all of a sudden you it suddenly clicks to you that this is my life. I'm a, I'm, I'm a robot or something. Like I'm trapped in a vicious cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where like the, I think I might be wrong. This is where the lifestyle of vice comes in. Because you have something to escape to. Like um, it's the same reason why, for example, people love to drink after work. Because it's, it's a release. Yeah, it's, it's relaxing. Yeah, I it's gotta relaxing. admit that's what I do. They, for sure. Yeah. But definitely. some I'm I'm sure for a lot of people it goes overboard. Like the only reason that they're working is so that they can drink after. Right. The living for the weekend yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, uh, yeah, mindset. Yeah, yeah. But I mean it's hard to blame them if you have, you know, a mean ass boss who's like nagging you every Monday morning, you yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. Or if you have some useless employee who's supposed to do his or her job, but now that job gets passed on to you because of his or her irresponsibility, you know? Yeah, I of mean, course. it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to blame people. But I think, do you think there's such, th such a thing as a healthy vice? Like, yeah, it's good to drink after work once in a while. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not blaming anyone for, yeah. happening, for doing it because it is a, it's such a stressful life that, I'm not gonna say that vices warrant. I, I mean, I'm not gonna say that the situation warrants the use of vices. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they do. So it's sort of um, quote unquote natural. But like for us um, young adults, what? How would you? Um, I don't know. Based on your observation, how would you describe like yeah, just the working life of young adults here in Manila? You know, overworked, underpaid, overworked, underpaid. I'm yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure if that's completely accurate for just our age group, <laughs> but yeah. probably a lot of people even past our age that's group true. is still yeah. uh, overworked and underpaid. Um, and I know um some con some countries as well have a big problem when it comes to like people like overworking like literally i don't know 12 hours or heck even 15 hours uh, japan for for sure japan 
Japan. I, I lived there for a considerable amount of considerable amount of time, and uh, um, they have a culture there that um, you should not. It's not good to be the first one who goes out. Oh, it's like the first in, last out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. So, for example, even if you go in, yeah, yeah, first in, last out. So, people don't want to go home early because the there is a still a pre-existing uh, office culture that um, you should stay until your your comrades are, I mean, your uh, companions are staying. So it leads to a very uh, toxic environment. At least, like it's a very not 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 completely toxic in an externalist standpoint but more of uh, when it comes to like dealing with stress mm. because of course you, you work overtime then you still have a lot of things to do at home yeah but I mean otherwise let's say if I'm working there I'll be like you know what screw you guys I'm gonna leave you know what would their reaction be they're gonna think that you're an asshole seriously yeah this is well this is like an ass in the, the sense that I'm leaving them hanging in the air, or I'm an ass for being quote unquote lazy. Even if I work like my eight full on eight hours. I guess it's a group of things. It's more of that you're an ass for not suffering with them. Yeah, but like, why do they have to suffer in the first yes, place? Yes, that's a problem. They're suffering for a suffering's sake. That's the issue there. That's why. Um, there have been reforms for for a uh, for a couple of companies that uh, adapt the more uh, Western approach to working, and a couple of countries I am not sure where this is have reduced the working hours from eight to six, or at least if I, I might be butchering the information. Yeah. But there are also a couple of countries. Maybe they changed the work schedule from a five day work week to a four day work week. Because I think I've seen that article, but I'm not sure if that's a Scandinavian country or yeah, what. I think it's somewhere there. Yeah. Because um, I forgot the exact name of the saying or law that um, the amount of time that you allocate to do a work is highly related to how much time you would use to do that work. For example, if I give you eight hours to, to make a paper... It would take you maybe eight hours to finish the paper. But if I gave you four hours to finish the paper, you'd do it in four hours. Hey, reminds me of college. Eh? <laughs> when they hand out like the essays, you won't. Let's say you have a project that's like due in a month's time. Yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't really do it the moment they they give it to you. Exactly. And students would openly admit that they'll do it three days before the and deadline. And this is not you even, know? this is less problematic than the workforce, especially if, for example, you know that you're going to be coming out at eight in the evening. Like, you get in your office, you already know that for that day you're getting out at 8 p.m. What is your immediate thing to do? You're not. You're gonna procrastinate because it's useless to to finish everything. Yeah, you will watch probably Riverdale on Netflix, or you will binge watch on like an NBA game. Yeah, something like that. So, okay, like base. If you were working like eight hours, you would literally what be working three hours technically. Or what? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm not sure how much time you would work, but I'm sure that it would take you that amount of time. It could be something as yeah, ridiculous sounding as that. Yeah. It would take you that amount of time just to finish work, regardless of how much you allocate to actual work. So, 
all in all, this seven-hour typical format is BS or eight-hour format. You know. I guess it has its, its uses. Or it, really, or it really depends on what job you're doing. Of course. Doing. Like, yeah. for example, if it's like like strictly shift work, like if, it, if you're a jail guard or oh, a, yeah. um, security or maintenance. For, for example, if you're a railroad maintenance guy, if you make sure that uh, the train is working. Anything manual labor, I guess? Not, not even. Like um, airport traffic control. Oh, yeah. Something that you have to monitor. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's that's a demanding job, huh? <laughs> yeah, but that makes sense. But if you're, for example, if I am a social media uh, specialist for this company, and you know, I've been giving an eight-hour time frame, I'm pretty sure it's something that I could do. Yeah, yeah. In two hours. That's, even. that's, that's also what I think is suboptimal when it comes to like. Um, Having people go to office wherein their work can be done at home. Just so that they have, like, people actually want people to go to the office just so that they can be in the office. But Show technically, up. their work can be done at home. Because I think, I might be wrong, because um, people base work, people base the quality of work on effort. And, um, if your effort is not on par with their standards, you tend to fake your effort. You tend to like wing it or whatever. Yeah, or for example, you tend to um, say that you've done more than you've actually done. Like you're gonna... You overestimate. You overestimate or you highfalute the amount of difficulty that it took you to do something where it was just a piece of cake. Yeah. Because you had to. Like, but if work was more focused on output, it would be a totally different thing because people would have their own strategies to make things work yeah. and would allocate their own time. Because as, as repeatedly, I mean, I don't know how to say it, but time is gold. Time is money. Yeah, time. More than ever, I guess. Time is a resource. Yeah. So sure. why should you waste for the sake of of formality. I don't know how to say it. Formality. Formality or what's what's always been done. Yeah, it's quote a, unquote. It's a, you can even equate it to professionalism. That's the sense of the notion of professionalism. Yeah. But isn't being professional being uh just getting it done. Yeah. Like be, in being terms smart. Of the work. Yeah. It, it, it's not the way not in terms of like your ritual daily rituals or you know if you're if you're if you're a professional, you know what you're doing and you know how to do it best. And if doing it best means that you do it at your best place, at your best environment, which is equivalent to your home, your yeah. room, then do it there. Yeah. It I I mean, of course, employers are worried that maybe the the worker will just slack off at, at home, but that's why you have quotas. That's why you have deadlines. That's why you have you have output output based uh, um, rankings or evaluations because it should be based on output. But like in your opinion, let's say you're um, you're someone who who does work from home. Okay. And you've been given a project. Probably it's probably due in a week's time. Hmm. Would you feel bad about yourself? If, for example, on a Monday you only spent an hour, an hour or two, working. Period. Or it really depends on like knowing your capable capacity. Yeah, I guess it. Like, depends. should you should you feel bad if like 
You know, because there's this big hustle culture lately that says, oh, you have to work your uh, ass off from like 7 a.m. to even 2 a.m. Because that's the hustle, you know, that's the hustler's culture, you know? Yeah. Like, should you feel, should you feel bad if you don't meet like, you know, this, at least the so-called bare minimum? Even though, you know, even in those two hours, you, you could feel in your capacity and within your powers, you're, you're doing, you know, a lot. I think you're making progress despite what people, you know, think of that, you know, time, the time that you put in, you know. Well, if I would speak for myself, I would finish that job as quickly as I can. Yeah. Then so that I have extra time and with that extra time, I can do things that I actually want. Because... um there's this notion that you have to love your work, but I think that you have to love your goals. Because if you say that you love your work, you're saying that you love work for the sake of working. But what I'm saying is, why are you working? You can have a number of reasons, because for example, I have to feed myself. Is that my goal? Of course, because I will die. Yeah. Next, um, I wanna start my own business. Is that a goal? Of course, if yeah, that, like I, I want to save up. I want to yeah. save up. Yeah. So every time you're working, you don't say that I love my work. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm here because I love my work. No bullshit. You. <laughs> so so l- let me get this straight. When someone says, "Oh, I love my job," it doesn't feel like working. Chances are they're lying. I, I'm not saying that or, they're always lying, but or they're exaggerating. Is, I'm sure there are people who love their jobs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. But. For the most part, if yeah, you for don't, like, I don't know. I wouldn't. I, would, I don't want to put a number, but like seventy to eighty percent of the population. If yeah. you don't love your work, don't say that you love it. You don't have. You don't have to love your work. Yeah. But you have to love your goals. Yeah. If you have a goal, for example, I want to save up enough to buy a house. That's what you love. That's why you work. Yeah. So every time you're working, you go back to that idea. I'm working here because I need that. Goddamn house. Yeah, yeah. Not because I love my work. No, it doesn't go like that. <laughs> and they also say that if you don't love your work, it like it's gonna manifest. If you love your goals, if I say that I need that house in five years, I'm gonna make my work good. Because I know that if I don't, it's gonna me it's gonna take me longer to get that goal. That's what I that's what I mean. You have to love your goals. But like, yeah, as you said, there are people though who genuinely just love their work that they would focus their work probably even over their goals because they want to be good at what they do. That would make sense. If, if for we- example, I'm a sushi okay. chef, yeah. Th- then yeah, right? It's not so much about the goal, but the art of like doing what you do every day. But that is the goal. Yeah, actually, yeah. So that so is the goal. It still goes down to your goals because your goal is to become good at work. For sure. Do, but do, not the work itself. Yeah. Or, but like even, yeah, because let's say that your goal is to become the best employee. <laughs> <laughs> like your lifetime goal is be, to become the best employee in the world. I can't stop you. That's what you're happy with. Go for it. But that's your goal. Yeah. You never do something for the sake of doing, doing it. it. Really. Unless there's, it's a habit, but yeah. There's the always moment, like an agenda or a motive as it, to why yeah. you do it. Okay. And you said earlier on... Wait, okay. unless that you're a type of person who is unreflective. 
because face it, there are people who are really unreflective. Like they just go like, on. What do you mean, like unreflective? Like they don't really come to terms with what they feel, with how things are. Like they're just uh, there. Like, like, what do you mean that that they don't come to terms with like how they feel? Like, for example, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm v- being very vague. Yeah. For example, if you're um, working a typical nine to five job. Then you're just saying that um, uh, why are you working? Because I have a family. Then that's it. Like uh, it is a goal, but they're not saying explicitly that it's a goal because it's more of an obligation. Yeah, it it it's like a duty. It's like a duty, and when you have duties, you really don't you don't have time to think. That's when when I say when you're unreflective. Oh, you're not really you're not really thinking about things. You're just doing your duty. Like you're not putting things into perspective. Yeah. Or... And you can't blame them for people who have a lot of responsibilities. Yeah. I'm sure, sure they're too caught up with all of their responsibilities that they don't have to time time to like reflect. Like to evaluate is this what I actually want? Yeah. I mean that's true. I mean I personally actually I met someone, um, you know, from a, a hangout, um Last night he was, he was like telling me when we were like you know having a few drinks, you know man, it's not often that um I get to do this um these days yeah, because all I'm doing right now is like I'm just I'm just working because I have you know I have a family to support yeah, um I have a daughter to support but with the way he was like telling um telling me. He sounded so like uh, momentarily like relieved, you know, because I think it was only really during that um, drink out session that we had that he got to reflect. I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's when he realized, whoa, you know, I, I don't really have head. much of a social life because of what I'm doing and because of, as you said, like the goal of me sustaining myself and making ends meet. For, yeah. Yeah. Family. And yeah. I think that. These are the type of people who are uh, who have the potential to become like um, taking time bombs because when you, for example, you're you're force forcedly given a when you're forcedly given a obligation or a duty, you you don't have time to think if you actually want it or not. Like for example, um, there are people who have accident uh, who have accidental pregnancies. Then um, they decide that, yeah, it's uh, the, the right thing to do is to support, to support my child. But since it's accidental, you, you did not actually want it to happen, right? But it's there. And you, like, you, you have... You pretty much adjusted to the way it is, you know? Yeah. The but, way, the outcome. Yeah. So it's very difficult when something is unexpected. So that's the same thing when you have, like... For example, if you become like madly in love, then you you marry, then you have this big responsibility. Then because of the speed of the events that you did not actually have time to think about it, that's when you have people who all of a sudden get into a state of reflection. But what did you say they were thinking about it? It's just that they changed their minds later on because people constantly change, right? Yeah, yeah, that that's true. But people tend to forget. Actually, people tend to forget that fact 
So whenever you should, whenever you tackle on a responsibility, you should be completely aware that you can change. But since a responsibility is a responsibility, it has to, you have to adjust to that. So that's a problem when, for example, you get into such a big responsibility such as marriage, then you forget, you don't contemplate enough that you are actually a changing person every day. Then when the time comes, like external factors aside, like given that you're a pretty good family, everything's yeah. happy and everything, but like you're just not into your wife. <laughs> then, <laughs> you, get, you get me? Like, fuck, fuck, dude, I'm just not into my wife. Like, like, yeah, because she's like nagging at me every dinner or like yeah, you should, or whatever. There you know? should be um there should be expectations. You should like preempt it. You should um look forward. There should be a there should be like forward thinking when it comes to getting into duties. I think to me it's not so much about the looking forward thing. I think bef well, before you can even look forward to something, I think it's about knowing your values. Oh yeah, well yeah. Because that way, you know what to prioritize in life, right? Yeah. If you were to look at your values first, it's, it's the reason why, for example, you click with the person, mm. I guess, because in some ways, you and that person have share similar values. Of course. Yeah. And I think values is what drives, um, I guess, our goals, our priorities in of life. Of course, of course, yeah. of course. And ultimately, who we want to become, right? Of course. But as for procrastination, I'm not. I'm not sure that addresses that because I can be boy, especially in college and high school. I I was a bad procrastinator. Like, like you you mentioned earlier on, you just get things done as soon as you get a project or a task. I don't know how you do it, but whoa. <laughs> but this is something that I learned after college. Oh, it's something that I learned. Well, not after, but mid. When it because um, I'm a philosophy graduate and uh, mm. philosophy is a pretty demanding course when it comes to writing, so it when you submit uh, an article, chances are very high chance that it's gonna be thrown at your face again and again and again because of some corrections. So since you're so used to corrections, you know that you can't stop. You have to. Like, I mean, it's a bad habit, but at least when I was in college, I'd actually give substandard papers just so I can see all of the corrections. That's strategic. <laughs> I guess so. You start with the bare minimum yeah. and see how it goes so that you meet the criteria of the prof or, you know. Because I, ha I already made the mistake of like investing everything on, a, on an article. Then it turns out that I had one fundamental mistake. Then everything got thrown out. And this was for a thesis. Whoa. I had to change everything last minute. Well, good, good night's sleep, I guess. That's like 24 hours. Of yeah. Like... It was, uh, if I remember correctly, I was up for two days. And by, like, by the second day, it was different. Like, it was a, it was a different experience. Mm. Huh? I didn't feel normal. It was, I had the buzz. Yeah. I was like drunk. Huh. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know that feeling. It's like I would talk to people because I, uh, when I took my thesis as well, it's like I would say things like randomly, and yeah. I would just like laugh, <laughs> 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 laugh, laugh because 
I would ask myself, what the heck am I doing? You know, yeah. it's like, I would actually like, hear things. Hear things. Yeah. Like, um, I thought someone would call me, but no one did. Like, yeah. 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 That, that, that's, that's why I would like look around. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. But, um, actually I'm very intrigued, intrigued. Um, this is probably the first time I met someone who took, you know, philosophy. Why do you take it? What? Sorry. Uh, why? Yeah, like you're you're probably the first person I've ever met who's taken philosophy. Oh. Like, why do you take it? Mm, I genuinely like the course. The course. So, um, yeah. It's a funny story, but when I was younger, I had this phase where, in a, sorry for the people out there, when I started rejecting God. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the start of it all because, like, oh, I can think outside of the box. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know this can could be. So like. For for a significant not not a significant but like uh, maybe a quarter of my life like I wasn't religious but like God for me was that overseer that always looked at you and would spank you when you did something bad. Well, uh, growing up from a Catholic school <laughs> at an early age, I boy, that's how they taught um, God, you know, to be right some. Guy was like, mm, you know, you do this, do that. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, you had to love him. Yeah. And at the same time, he loves you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like every day. Yeah. Except if you don't go to church, then boom. Yeah. He does. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but he still loves you. Yeah. But he's just angry. Wait, so <laughs> going back to that face, it's. Yeah. You started reading books or. No, it started with like, uh, I was so tired with the ceremonies. Like, um, it, it started with me being uh, intellectually rebellious. So, uh, as cheesy as it may sound. So, when I entered grade school, there would be this um, month, the month of the Holy Rosary. So, it would be one whole month wherein you had to come to school a little bit earlier, like 30 minutes earlier, so that everybody could recite the Rosary. It was one full cycle. Oh, and goodness. When I was young, like, I was forced to do this, but, like, after the grade five, grade six, grade seven, when I was around seventh grade, I would just, like, say, I'm not Catholic. Like, it just, it just came to me. Yeah. What if I lie? Um, sorry, I'm not Catholic. I'll just stay at the library. Okay. Then I'm there at the library, like, chilling. Oh, during masses. Yeah. Chilling with all of the non-Catholic peeps. Yeah, party at the <laughs> library. Damn, like... Looking back now, I should have. That was a smart move. So when I was there, I was like, then everything meant less. So because I was able to free myself from that like guilt, mm. like I can do this. Okay, yeah. now it doesn't feel heavy anymore because <laughs> I do it almost every every first Friday. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not Catholic, bye. Yeah, it became like a ritual already. Yeah. In a way. So now yeah. that like, opened me to the exploration of like, what is religion? Like, how did it start? Yeah. So now I started reading up on the history of religion. Like, what is the Bible? Like, because like you really took your initiative before college. Yeah. Like, to study. It was like, around, like, first year high school. Second wow. Year. So that was the time when... What was I doing back in first year high school? I was just in freaking time zone. Like. Yeah, like, <laughs> sec second contrib con contributing factor to that, just uh, around the same timeline, was music. Yeah. Because I became a fan of a lot of heavy metal mm. and uh, what the folks would call as Satan music. <laughs> so, 
the lyrics there and the themes were either pretty tongue in cheek that were like gory or or subversive but there were a couple of songs that were legitimately like um well thought of like intellectual lyrics like it was like valid like, yeah for yeah. example um do you listen to megadeth um like before yeah like back when i was um third year high school yeah for example yeah. i heard holy wars when i was grade six wow okay and the lyrics really struck me yeah brother will kill brother then i was i was thinking yeah dude why why, why do th- why do people do things for this uh, then it started with there yeah then like i would listen to like slayer then they would say oh this. my oh my goodness slayer um here comes the pain <laughs> they would say like um God hates us all. Then, like, oh, I, I'm like, first time I heard it, I was so scared. What, what is this? I'm gonna delete this from my. I'm gonna delete this from my computer. It was like a sweeping statement. Yeah, but like, I found it so brave. Like, I found it inspirational because, like, you can actually, you can actually pull a finger against the highest being, and if you can do that, you're a brave. Dude. Yeah, to a million people, right? Yeah. Wow. So that started everything. Then I like came across more of the like um, intellectually open-minded music mm. with the, I, 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 I forget because I I really love music and I have a vast library so I don't know where it's where it started but one of the things I remember was definitely holy wars okay wow so so when you were like um, applying for college you were like well looks like uh, you know this is well, it to you be know fair, I started with engineering but engineering yeah i was an engineer what kind, for of, what kind of engineering electronics and communications engineering you know but what? here was the funny story like there was one time that i asked the teacher i can i remember this vividly why is the quadratic equation like that what is the logic behind it and he answered me it's just the way it is solve it and i was like <laughs> the hell <laughs> I, I was I was really pissed. Like, I, I I hated it because I didn't understand why it was the same. Why it was like that? Because it's so it's such a big formula. I'm sure there are bigger formulas. But, but you wanted to find the logic behind it. Yeah. Or, why? Yeah. What, what did it represent? Then, it like, I, I I came into symbolic logic, and I loved symbolic logic and uh, discrete discrete mathematics. Yeah. So those were the things that I love this, but I hate all of the engineering stuff. Yeah. Then I've also learned later in my life that apparently I thought if you were an, uh, an, an ECE graduate that you would be like an engineer that has a very good standing. But apparently we'll just be stuck at semiconductor companies right. or uh, repair like or a Cisco accredited uh, network, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And it wasn't what I wanted because mm. one of the things that I wanted to do was create amplifiers. Oh, that, <laughs> create, was, that was yeah, your... Yeah, my, my dream company before was... Uh, Marshall. I wanted to work at Marshall to develop amplifiers. But I, apparently, an EC is overqualified for that. You only had to know how to make signals and oh. stuff. So, like, okay, wrong turn. And to be fair, I was almost... I almost got kicked out of the program for um, not qualifying with the quota. Because you have... You cannot have more than 12 units of failures on your first year and or else you're gonna get kicked out of the school oh okay i thought like a subject or job you know so i had to switch on the third term to save my ass 
because I was on my ninth ninth unit. So you, it was like you were like hanging by a thread. Kind yeah. Of thing. Then I thought like, do they have any courses here that legit legitimately interest me? So then I saw philosophy. Okay, this is good. I can write. I I I used to love this shit when I was uh, younger. Yeah. When I was reading, especially when I started reading. Um, um, Sartre. Like mm. I tried reading Sartre, not through the main text, but yeah. for example through Wikipedia. You know. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was intelligible there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, for I had the background. Like I, I, I like the ideas of Socrates, of Plato. So you were like familiar with yeah, pretty I was much familiar these, with the, these guys with you know? the, the bare bones. Yeah. And during that time, like I was, I was into like the four horsemen of atheism. <laughs> So like, okay, this is a good thing. So there, that's where it started. And I, I learned to love the course. And I, I still love it now. I would I still consider taking up uh, graduate studies too. Maybe someday still teach someday. as a professor. Okay. Wow. Um definitely um well for in my case anyway, um I think I was exposed to like liberal ideas like Back in high school, but because only because um, I think it was more by circumstance or the situation. Oh, why? Because I was um, from a Catholic school. Okay. At grade six, I had to. My parents moved me to an international school, mm. and pretty much there, um, a lot of my classmates or batchmates back then back then were like already like. <laughs> atheists or like agnostics you know it wasn't yeah it, there was not really we stu we studied religion still uh, still yeah but for the sake of studying religion for sure but like yeah it was very secular um no one no yeah no one was like religiously conservative in any way you know but only because um Probably the kids were like expat kids and back in their home countries, you know, oh, course, religion is not that big no, of a thing. Big. So to them, it was like just the way they were, the way they were. And that's how they were brought up. And then, you know, we were, I would like discuss about them, you know, religion back then in uh, high school. And it just like opened my mind up to a lot of ideas yeah. that they would say. And um, yeah, from then, um, I kind of. Dropped my Catholic cat, but it was like a gradual process. Because, what, I was there. I was there pretty much for like seven years or so, yeah. you know. And um, looking back, well, looking back now, I'm like, it wasn't, yeah, whoa, it, me becoming not, so, not a religious person, it didn't really happen so fast. I thought it was fast, but I th it was very gradual, you know. Mm. And to me... Um, I learned to appreciate um, people just for who they are, you know. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I guess yeah, I, I was fortunate um, to be in that um, position. And uh, I can't really speak for anyone because I don't know. I don't really know how people who were brought up in a very strict Catholic school, even throughout high school. Would be like I don't know how their perspective is. I don't know like if they go to college, will there be a big cultural sh cultural shock? Because in college, that's when you know everything goes wild. Yeah, everything goes wild, right? <laughs> like to me, um, to me, when I went to college, it wasn't a cultural shock at all. You know, it was like it was. 
actually in fact to me it was like an extension of like what i i've been at you know for like the past seven years you know and um yeah and um you know i was actually supposed to take um political science back then because you know at a young age i'm just like a big history you know history buff you know oh really I would literally spend hours when I was a kid reading an entire encyclopedia. That might sound boring to some people, but like I would literally read an encyclopedia nice. page by page from like Vikings to like <laughs> the Mo- Genghis Khan, you know? Yeah. For me, I was just amused by it, you know, by, by just stories. But for some people, they would say, yeah, history is boring, you know? And in high school... Yeah, there were a lot of people bored by the subject, but <laughs> I'm probably one of the few who's, who like you, you constantly raised my hands in, in class and like <laughs> answer. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, you loved it. Mm. So um, yeah, um, definitely. Um, yeah, it's not often that I come across like a, a philosopher um, like you. Apparently, if you're an undergraduate of philosophy, you can't call yourself a philosopher yet. Oh, like what? There's a degree, a certification. <laughs> I'm not sure where I heard this from, but I think you have to be a graduate. Uh, like you have to have like, like you have a, to ma- take, a master's you have degree, to, like, take or a bar or a philosophy bar, or no, what? like you have to be a, like a master's, master's or like a doctor. You have to have a like a published article. Okay. Like I have one. Yeah. But it's not. It's not really philosophical, but it's more of a. Well, it is, but it's a comparative philosophy, and I don't think that counts yet. Hmm. So it's a pretty small paper, and it was a, uh, but it it was published under the school. Hmm. So that's my only published paper. Hmm. But aside from that, I don't think I can call my call myself a philosopher. I don't know. I don't know the guidelines. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, there yeah. are guidelines. Okay, okay. But like, I just meant like, yeah, someone who took up philosophy because I don't know, like, majority of like people that I um, know anyway. I don't know if this applies to you as well, like do like marketing communication right so it's not often that you would come across yeah someone who took mm. that course yeah. while i do business dev that's like the main field that i am in and philosophy helps me a lot when it comes to making decisions and strategies because ever since i took up philosophy i always th- i always try to think in a I-, I try to deal with problems in a structured manner mm like um like how arguments would go. <laughs> and it's the same reason why I keep, I have this manner, mannerism of saying that I might be wrong. Because I was conditioned that way. Because in philosophy, you had to, you had to qualify whether when you were saying, whether what you're saying is a, like an assumption or is it a, an argument. So right, we, so is it, is it like a fine line between like, you're saying something that's BS completely or like... Um... No, because I, I have this mannerism of always qualifying when I'm saying something that's of my opinion. Yeah. Not of fact. Because it might sound re- redundant to a lot of people, but it helps when, you, when you're saying, when you're trying to um, explain yourself, when you differentiate w- what your opinions are yeah. and what is true. Because some people don't... It's, it's kind of gray for, for other people. Like they say some things that... Oh, do you know that the, the sun is like uh, just 10 kilometers away from the well, Earth? Well, on Facebook, there's a lot of experts. Yeah. <laughs> there's too many experts on Facebook. 
or even like YouTube comments. <laughs> also, when you're like trying to explain, at least for me, when I, when I was conditioned in a way that when I'm trying to explain something, I say that I say the where I read it. I say where, where I read the, the article or from what journal it was from. Mm. And if I'm not sure where it was from, I would always try my best to say, uh, I'm not sure where it ca- came from, but try to search for this. That's I always good. tell people, whenever I'm trying to tell people about certain, certain things, I always tell them that try to search this so that you can read it for yourself. That's a good habit. Because I don't, it, 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 it makes me feel bad when I, when I know that I don't know, but people think that I know. Yeah, that, that's a good habit. Yeah, definitely. It just makes my speech kind of awkward because I have to, especially when I'm trying to explain something, I have to qualify in terms of those arguments. Mm. So it's not like, a, I can't speak as if I know everything because I don't like that feeling. Because yeah. like when, when, you're, when you're trying to convince someone, you have to convince them that you know everything. Like everything is under control. That's not the approach. But I have the habit of letting people know when I'm not so sure about this. But for me, it's, um, it's like um, a responsibility. It's an intellectual responsibility to not spread bullshit. Yeah. And... Um I mean, back in college, professors would tell me, I think it's a common tendency if you're young, yeah. in your 20s, to be, like, arrogant. Yeah. Um, you feel like you know everything. And then, apparently, humility hits at a later you know, stage. But they were telling me it's better to realize that now. <laughs> yeah. But for some people, they don't realize it. You have, you have old people who, are, who think that they know the world just because of their age. Yeah. And, oh my uh, god! I hate, yeah, I hate that. I I hate it when people would like um, just validate all their opinions or whatever because I'm like 64 because I'm older than you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you're only going there, and I've already returned. Yeah, That's, and you can't answer back because <laughs> you can't talk to your elders like that. Yeah, you know. No, I'm old. I know a lot more than you. You don't know shit. And I started realizing this when I was like, I don't know, six years old. Like when I would answer back, I'm like, back then, obviously I didn't know, right? But I was like, it doesn't sound, it, do, it just didn't feel right. You know, when people would say, don't talk to your elders. But you know, deep down, you were like saying the right thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, you know, they were wrong because either they, they were like telling you not to um, eat when your mouth is full, but they would do, do it do otherwise. It. Yeah. And then you react and they would say, oh, you know, don't don't talk to me like that, you know. <laughs> it and it's it's funny and sad that when you actually at least from my experience when I when I talk to like older people, at least in our culture, I wouldn't be rude. Like I would say I would just plain say that isn't it that blank? Like isn't it the contrary? Then they would say that they would like be offended that no, it's like this, like this, like this. I, I should know because I'm I'm this old. Then I would say, no, but something, something. Then it would escalate into something. Are you saying that are you saying that you know more than me? Yeah. You, 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 you get that sentiment. It's not you're not even being you're not even being hostile about it. You're just saying in a very curious way that no, it's sort of like this, not what you're saying. But yeah. why do you have to become 
hostile about it. Yeah, I'm not here to inflate your ego. If yeah. that's what you're feeling right now, I'm genuinely asking something. And if you feel so inferior about that, then yeah, you got to take a look at yourself, you know? <laughs> a lot, there are a couple of like um, older people who also say that the problem with you is you're, you're not agreeable. You always counter what I say. <laughs> but it's the same, by the same token, you, the person is not accepting that they are wrong. Yeah. That, that's the reason why there are corrections. Because if I said something, then I had a, I received a very, very satisfactory explanation yeah. of why I am wrong. I would admit it. But do you think that's a really big challenge for millennials these days? Like, whether in the office, there's that stigma in terms of age? Yeah, for sure. With that kind of culture? For sure. You can't speak up if you're young. Like, like I don't want to generalize or make gener- general remarks, but like, if you were to sum up our generation, would you say we're quote-unquote entitled, you know? I think the entitlement stems from us, us having a foundation of society. Like, um, our grandfathers built, built the modern society. So did our fathers. But they tend to forget, I might be wrong, but they tend to forget that um, the resources that are available have already been claimed by the older people. So what's left of us is like the crumbs. Yeah. So it, it yeah, we it's the same way that there are there are probably people, there are probably people of our age who have a fairly stable life, but the minute that their parents die, they're yeah, they're doomed. Yeah, yeah. So, but is it no, is there merit to that claim though that we are very whiny kids who are entitled, you know, in that sense. I'm not sure, but when it comes to whiny, like, I could say that the older people are equally as whiny as about us. Yeah, so it's not really a genera- generational thing. It's, it's, it's a, just, it's it could just people. be anybody. Yeah, it's anybody. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. And what are your, th- your thoughts about our generation now? Like, in terms of, like, cultural trends or what... How would you, if, is there a way that you could describe us in a sentence, you know? Uh, in one word, conscious. 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 And in, uh, in what in way? What, yeah, in what way? Well, probably, um, at least there is a growing amount of people, especially from our age group, that are more reflective of what they say, how things are. So the, we, we understand more, I think, I think, that the world is not black and white. Mm. We, we, we see more gray in things. Mm. For, so for us, uh, for example, the older generation see things more in black and white. Like something is wrong, something is right. For us, it's more of, it depends. Because we, we're, the type of, we're the type of generation that can befriend a criminal. Or, or like, for example, <laughs> do you get my point? Like, this, this sounds so stupid, but for example, um, we're the type. I'm the type of guy that can be friends with an ex-convict because of, for example, um, oh, yeah. possession okay. of marijuana. Yeah. For example, he got he got he got um, he got caught and yeah, he was in prison for that yeah. or what? Yeah. Or for example, um, he was um, yeah for those things. For example, that's a good example. 
like I my stance with regards to that substance is uh, maybe different from usual, but I, I know that doesn't that doesn't equate with a bad person. Yeah. Maybe he just has it's just him. He has his own thing. Mm-hmm. And he got it just happened so that his thing is not in accordance with the law. Mm-hmm. But by the same token, I know that not everything in the law is in accordance to what is what I think is apt or right. Mm-hmm. So I don't have like this. I don't have like uh, discrimination against him. That oh, you're a criminal by the law. You're a criminal to me. Also. So I look down on you now. Yeah. Like yeah. Okay. And here's the thing. Um, given that like us, we're so. Um, yeah, as you said, we're very conscious. Couldn't that be a problem in the way that information these days is just so easy to like hand out? Of course, it's a that now I think the biggest challenge for us is to discern what information is like valid and you know what's not because now we feel paralyzed. Um, for I'll just go to the simple example that when you go on Facebook. You go to like thought catalog and it says, you know, 24 things on what you should do in your 20s. And there will be another article that says five things you should do it, uh, when you're in your 20s. It's like, there's so much advice. Like, <laughs> what do I do? I'm, I'm lost. Like, as much as there's so much information out there, I actually don't get, I guess, any better, any wiser or any smarter. Yeah, I, I know a couple of people who say that they, like, they're conscious, they're aware of their problems. But when I ask them, have you done anything concretely to fix it? Uh, no. <laughs> but, but I'm there, but I'm there. That's why I'm reading self-help books and everything. I love Gary Vee. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, stick with your Gary Vaynerchuk uh, <laughs> motivational stuff. And yeah. Read all of the self-help books. But it there are... There is a phenomena, at least, that I think that there is a... Wherein people are so obsessed with self-help that it becomes some sort of, like, self-help porn. Like, they just like self-help because it it makes them feel that they're doing something. But it doesn't actually help. It it doesn't translate to anything. Like, yeah, I'm I'm a procrastinator. I know it. Yes, you're very right, Mr. Self-Help Man. Then, like... Couple of what's next? Later. What, what's, what's, but yeah, I feel so empowered because I know that I have so much to improve. But he doesn't improve because there is no concrete action to follow it up. And why is that? Is it is it like a human behavior? Thing I don't know. Or? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, because literally, um, when you just go to Facebook, sometimes you just want to log out because people just post so much cliche quotes. And some of these quotes don't really seem that smart. It's like a typical, you know, yeah. someone that would say over coffee, you know. It's not a very moving quote or it's overused. It's, it, it's so, it's saturated. Maybe, maybe that's like the, also the, like the con of, the, of our age group is like people, people put so much meaning in things. But I mean, sh- shouldn't that be a good thing? Or like when we put meaning on things because we try to make sense of it? Or Well, again, if it, for, for me at least, yeah. if, it, if it's for a purpose of a goal. Okay, yeah. Because, uh, well, this is just me being me. 
but I really like goals. So it's, I'm not sure if it's a characteristic of our age group or if I'm a manifestation of an older age group. Goals. But I really like getting things done. And um, later on in my life, I've learned to think less and do more. As, uh, as cliche as that, as that may yeah. sound, sometimes just like, for example, we had this podcast. This is the pilot episode. Yeah. If I told myself that um, this is not going anywhere, this is so hard to do, we have to have much resources, we don't have time, <laughs> I'm so tired from work, what will happen? But yeah, yeah, both of us are tired. We've tried to make time during this sun- great Sunday morning. Yeah. And I didn't think about some of the things. I, I, I forgot my mic stands somewhere. And um, this is not the perfect setup. Right? But it's something. But Yeah, it's more than something. It's more than something. Yeah. And the question is, can we start here? If you can, then why don't you? Yeah. Just start. <laughs> so sometimes, like, the, my favorite millennial quote isn't even millennial. It's just do it. Yeah. It's Nike. Yeah, Nike, yeah. So that's not even millennial. It's not like... Um, it's not seize the day. Carpe diem. It's like, like h- how many people of our age group have that a tattoo of carpe diem? Jesus Christ. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I think that, that carpe diem thing quote, uh, peaked like three years ago. Remember that? And there would be like filters. <laughs> like, you know, those really light filters and there's like a beach. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. Like, you know, this wonder, wonder. <laughs> I understood, this, this, I, I, I understood it as this quickly as I said it. This wonder culture, I do not get it. Yeah. Because right now, majority, majority of like our, I know, from the people that I know, think all your problems in the world will be solved when you go to the beach. All your problems will be solved when you go on a mountain trek. N- n- millennials are starting to hate us now. <laughs> We're the, yeah, <laughs> but you laughed, right? Yay! When you said the wonder, I'm like, like, you know what? Thought thought catalog top ten things to do when you're single and you're uh you're just starting out. Um, travel the world, travel the world, uh, travel the world so that you so that you waste all your all of your money. <laughs> yeah, and you're a changed person. Here's my ar- here's, here's my argument about that. When you go to the beach to try and be a changed person. You will get back anyway to where you were. And it's not like you addressed the problems that you were faced with that drove you to, to travel, to be a wanderer, right? Yeah, I guess. I guess it has its value when it comes to like, um, trying to unwind. Yes. But I, I, would go, I, I would go to the beach for the sake of like, I just need a break. I need yeah, to get out yeah, of the city. Sure. I need to relax. That's, but if my expectations are set on... Oh, you know, it's. I'm just trying to find myself. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm trying to, to find, find myself. myself. You know, I'm finding the answers here. You know, you're just delaying the problem, and you you clearly didn't really address you it. You find your answers by moving one foot forward, yeah. wherever, whatever direction that is. 
Sometimes you go the opposite direction, but but at least you know what you want. You know what you don't want. Yeah, at least you're moving. You have to move. Just move. I, I, you know what? To sum it up, this wonder thing is very escapist. You yeah, know? yeah, for sure. It it just misses. Yeah, uh, it's hyped. Um, it, it doesn't make financial sense. Of course. If you keep on track. Well, maybe that's why the older people think we're privileged because we actually believe that by traveling <laughs> for that <laughs> expense that. We have this notion that we will find ourselves. Maybe that's yeah, where we'll it's coming ans- from. Yeah, we'll answer our ultimate purpose yeah. in this world if we go to the beach. Or you know? abroad. Or abroad. Maybe that's... <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's all over. Like, um, you know, I mean, I would go, I would I would travel, um, but and I will take Instagram photos. But it's not for the sake of saying, oh, look at me. I'm so enlightened and woke. You know? Woke. <laughs> Hashtag woke woke. No, it's like I, I'm dude, I'm just enjoying the view free. Yeah. I love this man. Like I'm out of the city, you know? And but, when I get back on Monday, I just feel refreshed. That's <laughs> what I say when I'm say when I say that it's there is value to putting less meaning to things. That's 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 what you mean. Yeah. For example, like it it's very hard to come to terms, especially when you're not in a good place. But for me, I've lived the best, I've made most of my progress by thinking, by saying to myself that my, li- my, that my life is meaningless. 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 Yeah. I, right now, right here, sitting down, I think my, that my life is meaningless. Why? Mm. I just say that because I think that I have no like inherent purpose. Mm. But because I don't have this right, purpose. Right, so it's flexible. I can do... Yeah. I set my own path mm. because I don't have meaning. I make meaning. So that way you live an authentic yeah. life. And like, for the, given that you don't have to like put everything, you don't have to put meaning to everything. Like for example, you, this is a bad example. You, you love um, McDonald's. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to justify it because McDonald's is so amazing because Compared to all of the fast food chains, yeah, you don't have, you don't have to be a fast food connoisseur, you know. Yeah, just say I, I love like it. it. It's I in love the it. same I'm way it. that I hate the word guilty pleasure. Why is that the guilty pleasure term? You don't have to be guilty. Oh just yeah, if like it's it. pleasure. Yeah, yeah, it's like saying that you know this this song is so bad, it's so good. <laughs> there is no such thing as a song so bad it becomes so good. It was just good in it's, the first place. You, you enjoy it. Yeah, it's enjoyable. Enjoy, yeah. If if there's a song like, for example, the Vita song, <laughs> people are gonna say like it's such a like if the song is so bad, it's so good. No, it's catchy. That's why it's it's in your mind because it's catchy. But why do you think like I know many folks in our generation tend to over rationalize or overthink things, like put so much meaning as you said. It's it's probably a generation generational thing also. Like Is it because of our schooling, the way we're educated that we need to give reason in everything? We have to explain, you know. It's well, like when you're writing an essay, explain why why this is the case. I'd like to think about it in terms of two things. Like I'm I'm not sure which is higher in the hierarchy, but one of them is we are more we tend to be more secular. What do I mean by this? For example, um, not to offend anybody, but if you have a notion of a God, 
that is the ultimate purpose. The ultimate purpose. There is no higher purpose than for the purpose for God. Mm. So if you learn to abandon the ultimate purpose, you are completely free. Because what? You are left with the void? You're left with the void. Yeah. For at least if you're religious. Yeah. So since we are already, we al- we've already eliminated that absolute purpose, mm. now we go to things that are sort of more in this world. Mm. Like, for example, people could say that my purpose is to, for my family. And that's a pretty valid purpose. Yeah. Why? It's because you instilled it on yourself. Mm. Like, it, where did your purpose come from? It came from myself. So, it's like, um, you are not, you are not anything that has been prescribed. You are what you do. Yeah. What you want. So, so the the second thing is more of um, probably being more open minded, like um, that we have. I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm not sure how how to put it in any way, but probably the internet, probably more resources, more books. Heck, for me, it's philosophy mm. because I I read Camus, start mm. Camus. I won't put Nietzsche because Nietzsche is like millennial starter pack. <laughs> True. God is dead, your ass. God is dead. God is. I ask, do you read Nietzsche? Yeah, yeah, dude. God is dead. <laughs> like that's the only thing I know, dude. I don't even know the context, so I'm not saying Nietzsche. No, I'm saying Sartre and Camus. Okay, especially Camus. Yeah. So Camus, Sisyphus. Life is like the life of Sisyphus. You roll a boulder on top of a mountain. The gods just flick the boulder. It goes back down. But you have to put it again. You have to push you it up again. You start back in square one, you know. But as the end of the story, one must imagine Sisyphus as happy. So the act itself is absurd. But you have to be happy about it. So that's where content with lack of meaning comes from. It's just content. You're just... You're just Coming to terms with how is the con- is. Is, is con- being content the same as being grateful for what you have? Or I guess so. I guess so. Because like, if you know that there's nothing after this life, you're going to have a sense of urgency. If there is no purpose, if this life is meaningless, you're given a blank paper to draw your world. But the- it's a paper nonetheless that you can fill up yeah. and make the most out of it. You have to make... If you realize that life is sort of meaningless, that's when you feel the urgency to make it worthwhile. Mm. It's, it's, it's kind of counter- counterintuitive, but I'm sure some people get it. And what, what are your thoughts on this um, thing on positive thinking? You know, the one that you see a lot, I'm pretty sure you came across it on social media. That's why I hate Deepak Chopra. The law, the law of attraction. Yes, dude. If you, if I think that I'm gonna get laid no, I later, <laughs> I think that I'm gonna get laid, laid later. So because of my power, somebody will come knocking with. A, I like, will cross my fingers yeah, and like, breathe heavily. Like full, full porn star outfit with lingerie. Because <laughs> I thought. Because I thought of it. <laughs> you know, it kind of takes me off. Like, because so, you know what. Back in high school, I, I bought into that idea of positive thinking that okay. you, ha- you have to feel good 24-7 even if sometimes you feel like crap. Yeah. 
and I was like later on, probably when I was in college, I was like, it just doesn't feel right. You know, <laughs> why am I suppressing how crappy I feel? It, it, it just doesn't make sense. Like I'm not getting any positive energy out of it. And people around me who were buying into that idea would tell me, well, you already made a decision. You thought of something negative. You thought of you feeling like crap. Now you're going to feel like crap. Wait, what? And it was, it was a cycle. And I was like, do this, you know? It's like, you know what? Later on, probably um, a year ago or so, that's when I realized, you know what? It's actually just fine that there will be days when you will feel like crap. Of course. And you just freaking accept that, you know? Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it, it what ma- it's what makes us human. You know, and it's not, it, every day doesn't have to be an Instagram post where you always constantly look good. And I think it's because of the combination of the positive thinking movement and the posturing on social media that's led to millennial, well, a lot of us in our age to get sad, to get sad when we check our news feeds because we just feel inadequate. And now we have to outdo the people that see us by posting yeah, uh, a Starbucks we, pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, we created a hyper reality that's based on like web life. Like, look at look at a lot of people's Instagrams. Like, they're so perfect. They're curated, quote unquote. Yeah, you know that's then people expect. People expect that that's their life. Mm. Very dangerous. And and it's also like um, it's also like. I know, yeah, it's it's dangerous not just for the person who's posting it, but also for the viewers. For, they yeah, just, it's more dangerous for the viewers. They just feel so crap about yeah. themselves. And um, it's the reason why I kind of like toned down on my um, Instagram activity. Though I'll admit, I'm going to post pictures of like, you know, my highlights. Of course. But yeah, it's like, you just feel, you know, bad. That's that's why, you know, I would, con- yeah, I would like limit my time and I wouldn't like go, I wouldn't keep on scrolling down. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll look up uh probably a few friends or this brand that I'm following, this clothing brand just to get updated. But that's that, that's for business. So that's but, Yeah, that's but that's for business. Yeah. It's more for business now. Yeah. But beyond that, no, I toned down. I think I read this article um on uh, on Vice that says um Gen Z the yeah. generation after, after us. us. Apparently, are toning down on social media. Um, they're using Facebook less for their own leisure or Instagram because they know like the excesses of what Facebook have you know produced the, the excess excesses. Yeah. Well, I I know two Gen Z people who both of their parents are around uh, a little older than us. Okay. So I think, I mean, in their household, they're only allowed to use their tablets on the weekends. For both, these are separate parents, huh? Yeah, they're not the same people. And I think it's because that people of our age group know the dangers of excessive use of social media. Because we we are the ones who are we experiencing are, we, it themselves. Because yeah. we're just we're you're still coming to grasp. Yeah. So on yeah the challenge challenges. Well, at least it's that's a responsible move. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But at the same time, um, it's a bit paradoxical, but like, you know, when I post something on Facebook or mm. when, I, when I make my rant, yeah. I find it therapeutic. 
I don't know why. Like when I write something about what I think about this, what I think about that, or I write my frustrations on social media at the same time, you know, I feel good. I don't know why. I'm sure a lot of people do. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It's therapeutic to just rant out for me anyway. I don't, I don't think ranting is something inherently bad. I think it's good for, for the self, at least for self-releasing. But I, I think it only becomes bad when you're forcing your opinions on someone. Yeah. But that's not usually... I mean, at least I don't do it. I don't think you do it. So, mm. But in terms of the social media world, I think that's what I don't like about rants is when people like rant about things, then they would like, it's, it, it turns from a rant into some sort of advocacy. <laughs> like, for example? For example, um, um, you, you rant that, um, there's this rant about like um, how the UK... Um, UK Cancer Institute or something. Okay. I might be butchering it. That there's this ad, there's this campaign where in where it says like O B blank S blank T blank T Y or something causes cancer. So it's supposed to be obesity, but with the like blanks. Yeah. So there was this rant from this like. Um, body image advo- ad- advocate that saying that um, why is this here like this is uh, why isn't anybody why isn't anybody reacting to this how does this happen so like I get that she's an advocate but I'm not I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even gonna, gonna tackle the problem but yeah. these are the types of posts that like I, I feel are too emotionally charged to the point that they want to elicit viewership so as to like inflate their ego agree with them but like um so for example if there was this person who advocates organic food and says gives a comment like oh you know if you don't really buy organic food you're not really ethically yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a that's a better that's a better you're not, example. You're, you don't really care about the environment if you don't buy organic food, you know. Yeah, like you're. Right. But I'm I'm not gonna like say that you're like you suck, but I'll say that you kind of suck because you're not buying organic like, food. As a it's the same way like uh, as a vegan, like I had this guy who there's this guy in the restaurant who unapologetically. <laughs> ate a piece of bacon without even considering that there might be vegan people hashtag rant or something like that. <laughs> it's some, some, yeah. something, something like that. I'm not even gonna, gonna go about saying who's right or wrong. It's just about the... The way they approach the it. The way they approach it. Yeah. Definitely. I'm sure like, like my example a while ago, I'm sure that person has valid points when it comes to like why the campaign was shaming or something hmm. because... Um, it's it's just just a blank post. It says uh, obesity causes cancer. Then mm. the, the the person says like it's a it's fat shaming. But uh, others contend that it's a uh, um, how can it be fat shaming if it's an actual warning because obesity is the second highest cause. You know about this body positivity thing. I have reservations about that, but like that's yeah, yeah. that's another yeah, subject. Yeah, I I, I, I I don't want to yeah. cross the line first, but yeah. maybe in the future. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I think it's, I don't know, based on the article that I read about Gen Z, it's, that's one of the biggest reasons why they kind of like use social media less because of what we millennials yeah. are experiencing now. Of course. Yeah. But on one hand, their alternatives are temp- uh, Snapchat, like the really temporary, you know, uh, videos. Yeah. It's no longer the text, you know, driven, um, I think, social media. I think that's the current movement, like the same way with the IG stories. It's more on that use now. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, you know, despite that, I would say ultimately, like Facebook and stuff. Yeah. Social media has brought more positive than negative. That, that I would say. For sure, for sure. It's a te- technological advancement. Yeah. That's why when people would say, oh, you know, this is what social media has become. Yeah, but I was like, my reaction, at the end of the day, you're, you're sharing something on Facebook and it's like, you get to do that because of the platform. And I think, yeah, despite the challenges, I think we just have to like know how to handle it. Yeah, of course. Everything should, you should it's, know how to I handle it. I think that's, that's the way technology is, right? It's like there a double-edged res- sword. Responsible use. Yeah. Well, that's that. And, um, yeah. I guess that's it. I guess um, we'll call it a pilot. I'll call it a pilot episode. Um, thank you. Um, thank you to the listeners out there for. Um, yeah. For putting script. up with putting up with us. <laughs> <laughs> putting up with our uh, random uh, ramblings. You know, speaking of which, um, we we don't have a name for a show. <laughs> so if you have suggestions, please email us or something. Um, or you can, um, like comment, yeah, comment, uh, after listening to this, comment a name that you could think of. Cause right now we're just like struggling. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, yeah. We just started it, this because we wanted to start it now so that we don't procrastinate. But, um, so everything that follows will follow. So I can't give you a link to some, anything because there is no link yet, but there will be, so just wait for it. <laughs> can I, can I, yeah, can we just say that we were literally just talking about this at a coffee shop like uh, yesterday? 12 hours ago. Like 12 hours ago, or yeah, 15, 15 hours, hours ago. ago. <laughs> and here we are now, fast forward, doing yeah. this, launching this. Um, so we'd greatly appreciate your um, inputs, your creativity to, um, yeah, give us a name. <laughs> and um, I'm uh, Ira. I'm Eggs. Uh See you guys next time. See you guys and please subscribe. We'll keep you posted. This is going to be a regular thing. So yeah, this is going to be a constant gig. So yeah.